we're going to start off with our first main topic, which is our test of courage final review. Um, I think we should uh, pass the mic over to Liam. Uh, Liam, what are your thoughts on test of courage? Yeah, test of courage uh, is a short junior novel by Justina Ireland. Um, and we briefly touched on it last week when we were beginning it, but it is a really, really good book. Um, I personally think it's the best of all the junior novels that uh, Lucasfilm Publishing or Del Rey have put out for the canon. And uh, it it's a more character-centric story versus Light of the Jedi. Uh, this book follows five main characters, uh, Vernestra Rowe, Henry Kantaros, Avon Staros, Honesty, I forgot what his last name is, and uh, Avon's droid J6, uh, who are on a ship called the Steady Wing, and it is sabotaged by the Nile, which we know from the beginning of the book, but the characters don't know until the end. Um, and it is eventually, they're able to escape, everybody else on the ship dies, and they are stuck on this planet and have to survive. And it's a it's a great little short story. You can read it very quickly. And it gives us a lot more insight to the mind of young Jedi, young people, I guess, at the time, the High Republic. I found, personally, Ernesto Rowe and Emery Kantaros to be very compelling characters. Emery especially, he is very um, complex and more of the... Or the prequel era Jedi terms, where he is pulled to the dark side, often by his feelings of rage and anger towards his master getting killed on the steady wing. He has to deal with that um, throughout the story, and around him, he only has Jedi Knight Prince Rowe, who is one of the youngest Jedi Knights to ever assume the position and go through the trials. And he's slightly jealous of her because she's just barely older than him. But she's so composed and so calm. And I found their dynamic dynamic very, uh, say, strong. Um, it's it's kind of the you know Anakin Obi Wan type of of dynamic where one is very emotional and very in tune with with uh, who he is and, and how he's feeling where the other one is is might have kind of assumed responsibility a little younger than she uh, was ready for and so she's trying to not only lead this group of people but also keep her uh, or this Padawan's emotions and check as they go through this very trying it's i would i highly recommend this book it's not really the tell-all uh high republic novel that's going to really broaden the universe as we've kind of talked about with light of the jedi and a lot of the other books uh, that we hope are coming that really give us a solid ground for this entire universe and and the way it works and all the politics and everything and light of the jedi is a great start but this is also on the flip side it's a very personal story that it's very much in so into the minds of the characters and each chapter goes into a different character's point of view and so yeah i think if you're looking for a quick read and you want to uh, stay in this high republic era 
this will add something to the era if i had to guess by the end of it that would not just with characters if these characters are mentioned again in other books um, but also just for understanding how jedi especially jedi padawans of the are feeling about the trials and about denial and new threat that uh, that faces them yeah i think that's a really great overall summary uh i guess a great, great way to sell the book as well um i think if you have like digital version like i do it's only 130 pages and compared to like the 300 something of uh the uh, what is it, light of the jedi it is a lot more appealing you know just to get a story a taste of you know what this whole new high republic era is about uh, for myself personally um i i don't know i just i really did like this story um i know we were discussing the like, queen shadow and other canon novels that had come out at this point and how while they're great character studies they don't necessarily add anything they don't necessarily tell an exciting story i mean there are obviously cool things that happen and whatnot but it's more of like adding a little bit of color and richness to the things that we already know. And, you know, getting this perspective about someone like Vernestra Rowe, someone like Emery Contaros, you know, um, the, those characters, Avon Staros, you know, from the Star Wars, Star Wars clan that was introduced in uh, the original Star Wars line, where uh, Sana Staros is the fake wife of Han Solo. Um, you know, it, it's like it, it allows us to connect these different dots like we have in the current canon. But now we actually get to like really live these characters out, let them breathe, let them be who they are. Um, and like you mentioned, Vernestra Rowe and Emery, I think their dynamic is really great. But I think I want to give special mention to Honesty on Avon. Um, Honesty is just like this, I, I don't want to say like a Luke Skywalker stand-in. But he's definitely someone from a more less uh, technologically dependent planet, uh, much more in tune with just the values of the land and the earth that allows them to grow and thrive as a society. Whereas you see someone like Avon, she's this, described as this, like this quirky genius, like you give her pieces of wires, it's in text and she knows what to do. She's got her own protocol droid, J6, who is like a former bodyguard droid, but, you know, is also her nanny droid. Like, just those complete opposites, you know, it's interesting because she she's always analyzing and inspecting everyone around her. She wants to know more about uh, Emery and Vernestra's lightsabers because she just wants to find out what else can these crystals power. And then you see Honesty, who's like, I... I like guidelines. I like being in these tight rules because that's where I find comfort. That's where I know that things don't go bad. And for them to just be caught up in all these Nile activities, to be on a ship that's sabotaged, where each character at this point is like, you know, not totally sure of themselves, right? They're just starting to become who they are or who they want to be. Um, I mean, that's a great starting off point, but then to see them, how they interact, how they try to survive with each other, what are the thoughts in their head that are going on, it's really great. And then going back to Vernestra and Emery, I mean, yeah, Vernestra is 15 and she's a Jedi Knight. I mean, when we look at the prequels, right, we thought 
we keep on seeing how Padawans are too old, right? Or Luke was too old to be trained, or Anakin was too old to be trained, emotions, connections. But, you know, we never really considered, like, is someone too young to have reached that final stage, to reach one of the most important aspects of a Jedi's life? And Vernestra is 15, and she's considered, like, a prodigy in her own way, just like how Avon is with technology. She's, like, trying to be, like, a 25-year-old, 30-year-old, but she's also 15. She clearly is, like, you know, trying to live up to these lofty expectations, but she's also not trying to be overwhelmed by them. I, I mean, I think this being a young reader book, we don't really see too much about her struggles because she has to be, like, the strong person of the group, the one, like, the guiding voice. But it, it was nice to know that there's, like, a character that is relatable in a ways but also so distant from a lot of people who are reading it because being 15 you're like okay this is like an ahsoka for us this is someone that you can see all their emotions out loud you can see how she reacts and deals with different things but she's not like ahsoka she's much more controlled she's much more in tune with the force she's very self-critical but only because she wants to become better and better. Whereas you see someone like Emery, who's, like you mentioned, he's kind of like the prequel Jedi in the way his emotions are kind of swirling, uh, kind of overwhelming of himself. But, you know, he's also not someone who's too assured of himself. His uh, lightsaber at some point in the story is not functioning because everything about his connection to the Force and the lightsaber itself feels off. He's overwhelmed by his master's death on the steady wing where honesty's father the ambassador also dies um and to then pair these two to work together it, it's interesting because they could have just been like all right we're gonna be both young people here working out trying to keep everyone else safe but emory also has these feelings of jealousy it's like how is she so good we're like the same age i'm like only a year or two younger all right especially at near the end when he's like dealing with a lot of his emotions and makes a lot of bad choices that are very akin to Anakin, like in Attack of the Clones and Clone Wars, and uh, what is it, uh, Revenge of the Sith. He has someone like Vernestra to, you know, help him remind, like, okay, no, this is, I understand your pain, I understand your feeling, but think about your master, think about all these things. And it's interesting, because I... I I know I'm rambling here and all that, but he's he's a character who, if you put him in the prequels, would have been like Anakin, would have fallen headfirst into his darker emotions, into the dark side. Um, and Vernestra, the way she treats him, she kind of treats him like a Qui-Gon would or, uh, or how an Obi-Wan would, but I don't know if those two would have been able to entirely convince him as she did. I think by showing her own strength, by showing her own humility in a way, he remembers, like, okay, like, this is not who I am. This is, I'm just being driven by this pain. I need to really think these things out. And it really reflects the story as a whole. Like, these are characters who are trying to survive, but in the process of surviving, realize that all these little things have been adding up that they realize they haven't been in sync with who they are. They're changing. They don't know who they are. They have past memories and trauma that they have to deal with. And when something suddenly goes bad for all of them at once, 
it's kind of hard to keep all those things that were already part of you from leaking out. And I think that was what made this story really fun to read. Yeah, and I want to go back to Emery real quick, too, because he gives us such a different perspective than Light of the Jedi does with most of their Jedi. And even Bell, uh, who is, I believe, the only real apprentice we get acquainted with in in Light of the Jedi. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Emery is the first real uh, fleshed-out character in, in all of the High Republic so far uh, as we get closer to into the uh, into the dark to lean towards the dark side at all and so we're brought up in this era that's so uh, the jedi are so powerful and such at the top of their game that we kind of we don't have the sith or, or any dark jedi or any type of dark side stuff to go with as the villain for this era and yet we're still getting stories of, of Jedi being pulled to the dark. I thought that was fascinating too, because I wonder if that's going to come into play at all anymore. I mean, I'm assuming for Emery as a character, it will, but will the dark side be prevalent at all in the future High Republic stories? That wasn't something I was expecting to get at all, really, in the High Republic. I mean, great points. I think from myself just adding on to that it's i mean how 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 do i put it i don't know it's it's difficult to look at the jedi in the light of the jedi and say that they're flat i mean obviously there's some characters that because the nature of their stories they do die early on um we, we're more you know connected to their personalities and just their dialogue with other characters as opposed to what they do and what they achieve. So it's hard to like fully embrace those characters to this, you know, really think of them as like, oh, fully fleshed out characters. But it, they're not flat either. Whereas here in Test of Courage, because it focuses on such a smaller group of people, you know, part of the consequences of this overarching you know, essentially terrorist plot against the galaxy at this point that, I don't know, I found Vernestra and Emery to be probably some of my favorite Jedis. And yeah, I, I really like Bell. I really like Loden Storm. Those guys are equal or if not even more appealing because of how much more time we get to spend with them. Um, and I mean, Elzar, man, there, there's so many Jedi in Lighted Jedi. Don't get me wrong, better fleshed out, really fun to follow, really intriguing already. But, you know, their thoughts, their internal dialogue aren't things that are really dived into. They're more used as setups for either their eventual death or they're just used as like moments of respite as opposed to something that is a constant fluctuation that normal people have about who they are what they're doing the different thoughts and things that have consequences in the life which is where all these characters shine because they're always thinking about their relationship they're always thinking about why did this thing happen how does it make them feel um, i guess being a young reader novel in a way it's pretty nice that you can have kids be engaged with those emotions as well 
Um, it might be a little less unsubtle than we'd like, but I think it does. It. I think the way Justina Ireland writes it, she balances that out really well. Yeah, I would agree, and I think I think we would definitely will get more into the personal side of the force for all those characters that we met in the light of the Jedi. But yeah, it just was it struck me as very interesting to see their first foray into the dark side as part of a junior novel, as opposed to the first big, huge adult novel that came up. And I'm not sure what the plot of the dark is. I'm trying to, to not spoil anything for myself before we read. Yeah, I, I think into the dark is also just from my glimpses, it's going to be more of a smaller scale story, kind of like test of courage. So it's not going to be numerous Jedi or, uh, you know, big galaxy spanning events. So maybe we'll see a lot more of this sort of thing. Maybe it's not going to be about the dark side necessarily, or like the hinges of the dark side, but who knows? I mean, we know that the high Republic also has the Drengir, those plant-like, creatures that seem to be connected to the dark side those are characters that we still haven't met maybe that's what into the dark is about but yeah I, I totally see your point at this point there's not like an established uh sith order right um no i yeah not in the books it hasn't like we know that the High Republic eventually, as it ends, will lead into the Acolyte, that live-action TV show that has been right, right. Uh, announced. How, how much is connected to the Sith, if there's a Sith Order? Those are... I don't know. I don't think those are things that will know Ewan for a long time and to what, to what degree. Um, I know there's a character in the High Republic comic, Keeve uh, Trennis, Who's the apprentice of uh, the Trandoshan Jedi Master Skier? Um, in episode two, Attack of the Clones, when we see Jocasta Nu and Obi Wan in the library, uh, they talk about Obi Wan. I don't know if it's in a deleted scene or if it, sorry, they talk about Count Dooku. I don't know if it's in a deleted scene or it's in the movie, but they talk about the Lost 20 and how he's part of that. And there's a Jedi named Trennis who is part of that. So, Maybe she goes towards the dark side. Maybe she leaves the order or something, or she's killed off and people assume that she just left. I mean, I don't know. There, There isn't really much to say about the Sith presence at this point other than like, oh, even like the characters in this book are like, it's been centuries since, you know, there were Sith roaming the galaxy. Mm, yeah, it's like more kind of abstract, right? Abstract like and just like uh, myths, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're alive, but nobody knows they're alive. Uh-huh, gotcha. Right now. So I would assume, and I also would be uh, feeling bad for any of our Jedi characters who met a Sith at this time, because that would mean they would probably get killed because no one knows about them. The Phantom Menace. Uh, but but yeah, I would, I would think maybe we could lean more into the Sith very much so at the end of all this, but I think for now, uh, the Sith will probably have very little to absolutely no involvement, just based on these two books, but we still have four more coming out this year, I think. So who knows? But yeah, I think the Nile, uh, the Nile have, they've set the Nile up to be a fairly 
uh, intimidating threat for the Jedi, especially because of their unpredictability and their just sheer numbers and viciousness. So I think for the Jedi at this time, they're depicted as so so passive and until we get into this book in light of the Jedi, they're so they're so passive and so feeling in the force they they're so enveloped in just the way the force feels around them and the way the force feels throughout the galaxy. I, I feel like uh, the Nile could consume all of their attention or maybe we could get something about the Sith later who are acting behind the scenes behind Nihil uh, Jedi conflict. That could be interesting, but I don't think that's going to be a part of the main series. Yeah, I mean, again, <laughs> this is all just theorizing from us, right? We have bits and clues. Um, obviously, we also have desires and wants for what the High Republic will eventually shape up to be. But yeah, I mean, regardless, I think we can definitely say Test of Courage is a really, really strong second book to dive into um, after the Light of the Jedi. Um, I guess a big talking point that comes out of this book um, is less about the big plot that comes around it, but I think for me what's interesting is Vernestra is now master to Emery. If I caught that correct, right? Yeah. She takes him as her apprentice and at the very end. Which is a really, really interesting of dynamic to set up because we know that Vernestra is going to be in Out of the Shadows. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how much Emery is going to be part of that story now. Um, I don't know how, what her role in the story is, but I know that she's on the cover and she appears to be one of the bigger Jedi in the story. And... I mean, let's be real, a 15-year-old training, like, a 14-year-old, like, that, I, people, I think, have fairly said that, like, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan was, like, already pretty close in age, but then Anakin and Ahsoka's even closer to age, and, I mean, Anakin does not have very mature tendencies in the Clone Wars, and he rubs off so much on Ahsoka till, until she finally reaches her breaking point, and then she... You know, obviously makes her own life choices and follows her own path. Not entirely of her will, obviously, but still. But now to have characters that are like only years apart, right? Like a two to one or two years apart. That's I don't know. I don't know what you think about that, Liam. I don't know how that I, I don't know how that I'm interested. I'm excited for it, but I don't know how that dynamic's gonna work out. Yeah, I'm very interested in that too, because I think one of the things that goes wrong between Anakin and Obi-Wan is Obi-Wan doesn't really try to act his age he doesn't try to relate to anakin he tries to be qui-gon jinn and i think if obi-wan was more himself which he is later once anakin is old enough to kind of be an equal to him but uh when anakin's young i don't think he really tries to relate because he's trying so hard to be a replacement to qui-gon jinn that he kind of doesn't create his own identity for anakin but what anakin does well with ahsoka is he's He's just Anakin, in this. and I think that run, rubs off well on Ahsoka, even if she starts to do some things that you, most Jedi would consider questionable. But I think with this, it'll be interesting because Vernestra definitely has more of that Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon 
feel where she's more stoic she's less she's not very emotional especially for being someone so young and so seeing if she tries to relate to emery will be the most interesting part because she and emery i think there's there's definitely going to be that jealousy complex still going throughout their relationship especially because they in this book they duel and she beats him and he not only is he jealous of her being uh slightly older than him and already a jedi knight but she's defeated him combat and basically you know proved that she's better than him in almost every way of being a jedi so i think that's going to constantly plague their relationship and i wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't go well but i think at the same time if she tries to come to his level and tries not to be holier than thou and tries to relate to him i think it could prove to be good match because they are kind of experiencing the same things especially at their ages yeah totally i mean she is i don't know if repressed is the right word but she's very much holding a lot of things about herself at bay um i know like one interaction that really stood out to me was when she described that in her dream she was like persuaded to uh how how do I put it? Like persuaded to just suddenly make adjustments to her lightsaber, um, and to make it into a light whip, kind of like Lumia's. But I, from what it's been described, it seems more like the handle is still like a lightsaber, but the blade itself moves like a light whip. But anyways, um, when she brings that up to Emery, because she has to, because she's like, okay, this makes this process of getting to safety a lot easier. His first thoughts go to like the Night Sisters and all that, and you know she kind of defends herself, and he has to respect her on that because he is still the Padawan. He is still, you know, he is still the one who is the second command at best in this situation. And I mean, even like just a discussion about like what's right or wrong, right, makes him consider like his darker emotions, his feelings which is, I think, something that Vernestra is going to have to really, like, work on. Like, what is she allowed to say, all right, versus what does she need to say? She seems to be someone who's preoccupied with expectations and, you know, righteousness so much that she doesn't necessarily question her own actions too much. She doesn't really question uh, her dream for getting the light whip. And more so than that, she is a child prodigy, right? Anakin was a child prodigy, but, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship and the Council's own fears forced him to be in an apprenticeship for 10 years. Whereas, I mean, you look at, like, Ahsoka and Anakin, she's basically a Jedi Knight by the end of the war and a few years. Uh, and a lot of that, I think, as bad of an influence as Anakin can be, she was also just that talented herself and... A lot of the good qualities about Anakin rubbed off on her. But when it comes to Vernestra and Emery, right, it's like I think of like child prodigies who like go to college when they're 12 or 13. Yeah, they, they know everything that people like five, six, seven years older than them know. But, you know, they don't adjust socially, right? It's almost like the, the climb towards the prodigy is almost their peak in their life because once they start aging and everyone kind of reaches the same level and what are they really like 
what are the, uh, you know what are, what is their position in life i think some of those thoughts might be accelerated by taking on a padawan because that's not something a normal 15 year old jedi knight does and there aren't many normal 15 year old jedi knights i think throughout star wars history yeah i was that i kind of, that's kind of why i brought up the uh, the whole um sith order um point but i guess i was more commenting toward um like the dark side because yeah i feel like these i feel like these characters are being set up to uh to be impressionable and like like even if they are masters at 15 you know i feel like that is more of the reason to for you to be susceptible to like shifting you know and, and so i guess that's that's what my theory was on like where this or where um Ernesto's arc would go or Emiri's or you know something like that and I think it very well could be because there is one of the things with Anakin was the expectations around him being the chosen one and everybody knowing that he's the chosen one right. the way they look at him differently and and Ernestra seems to have those expectations on her and then also Emery Nobody expects him to be this great Jedi, but he he seems to have such high expectations of himself. And he he talks about, I think, in the book about being taller than most of the Padawans and and or the youngling. He's just he has these uh, physical traits that he feels should make him stronger, but he's not as strong as he wants to be, and so he sets expectations for himself. While the Order seems to have set expectations for Venestra and, and both of them are kind of challenged with how to meet those expectations. I think that could be something that both unites them and maybe makes them very different Jedi, but it could also, like you said, lead them to the dark path. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of criticisms online from people who haven't read the book who are like, oh, instantly, like, it's a 15-year-old girl who's a Jedi Knight, right? That's even worse than Rey. It's even worse than... Uh, Anakin, which is like, uh, first of all, read the book. They're much more three-dimensional, fleshed-out characters than you're trying to write them off to be. But, yeah, I mean, what what sort of Jedi will she be? Being 15 as a Jedi Knight doesn't mean she's going to be a master when she's 18. I think a lot of her journey as a Jedi Knight, I mean, we, when we look at Elzar Man, he's clearly a capable Jedi in the light of Jedi, and he's closely aligned with Sil and Geos, who's a Jedi Master, and uh avar chris who's a jedi master so how come he doesn't well he's a bit more experimental he kind of tweaks around with how he uses the force but he's also much older and mature and not necessarily as reckless as someone who half his age would be so in in what way will vernestra change right in her process of becoming a jedi because i think as you mentioned before liam like maybe the beginnings of Anakin's and Obi-Wan's relationship, especially how like Obi-Wan carried throughout the episode two until Geonosis, obviously. He was using Qui-Gon's lightsaber, you know. Um he's he gets the long hair, he gets the beard like Qui-Gon. He visually and physically tries to be like Qui-Gon as much as he can be. He tries to lecture him as Qui-Gon lectured uh Obi-Wan in the past. Um I mean, yeah, he is trying to be like all those things, but then as the war goes on, as Anakin trains Ahsoka, as Return of the Jedi shows up, it's 
clear that he's also like learned to be himself. Basically, he's learned to become the negotiator. He's learned to, you know, balance his old feelings with Satine, with his loyalty to the Republic. Um, he's learned to, you know, let Anakin have leeway in his life and support him no matter what because it makes him happy. You know, there, there's there's a lot of different things that just come with living a life, and I'm very curious to see just how much life of Ernestra is that we follow and how much of Emery's that we follow. Right, right now they're Jedi uh, Knight and Jedi Padawan paired together in Master and Apprentice role, but you know, since High Republic goes on for so long, how do they break apart? How do they change in their relationship? There, there's so much possibility with this that. I think I understand why they put two very young characters with two very strangely different power dynamics together because they're still relatable, but that relatability only takes them so far and now there's so much more opportunity for their dynamic to change to see how the Jedi around them change because of their relationship and stuff like that. Yeah, totally agree. And I think this is a testament to, like we said last week, high republic initiative and it it's the fact that you can read this story and while it might not the events in this might not really have much importance on the grander scheme they're really good characters and they're flushed fleshed out well and they're fun to read and i think for a short little story that's not going to take you that much time to get into if, if anybody's listening is hesitant or just even slightly interested about reading the Verge. I'd highly recommend it. I, I don't think you're not going to get as compelling of a story as you would in one of these more adult novels, but if you're looking for something that's going to take you four hours at most probably to read, this is a great place to go. Thanks so much for watching this segment of the Star Wars Lads podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please like the video by clicking the thumbs up button down below and subscribe to our channel for new Star Wars content every single week. If you want to watch our full discussion, click the video on the left. Or if you want to check out one of our other awesome videos, click the video on the right.